Come with me and you'll see some pure imagine. I was on American Idol once. What's good, everybody? Come on, welcome back. Thank you all for tuning in. You're listening to Man to Man, the best NBA show where we bring you the latest topics around the NBA on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. This is your co-host, Andy Elliott. Alongside your co-host, Liam, the hoop star, Nash. That was, that was a deep breath right there. Hoop, you ready? I got to get you it ready, here, man. Oh, hoop. Namaste to you, my guy. What you been up to? A little quick recap of the week. You're in flight school. How's that going? Namaste. What's good? Tell me something. Yeah. Big week coming up. Got a couple of tests going. And uh, but other than that, we had a lot of, you know, basketball related stuff. So we got to got to get on top of it. Let's just hey, got to get into it, baby. I'm I hoop. You're focused. I'm focused with you, baby. Before we get into it, little, little bit of other stuff. All right. Next merch drop is in the works. We got tie-dye shirts coming your way. Everyone, tie-dye. I'm a hippie tie-dye. Okay, okay, we'll do it. Okay, relax. So be sure to check out our Instagram page at Man to Man Podcast for that and other exclusive content that we don't share on our episodes. Hey, speaking of merch, shout out to Yaz Apparel. We got to do it to them. The hottest streetwear available on the market. They got the most exclusive, fresh, trendy items, including different color set hoodies, t-shirts, and more that will fit perfectly in your everyday attire. NBA players like Jackson Hayes has a Yaz hoodie in his arsenal. And hey, Every item sold, they donate clothing to the homeless. It's a win-win. You look good, Hoop. You do it for a good cause. Plus, everything in the store is 50% off at the checkout. Hey, that's yazapparel.club. Go check them out. We'll throw the link in the script. That being said, Hoop, let's talk some basketball, all right? Last week was a roller coaster, and it's apparent the bubble can generate all types of unpredicted outcomes in these playoffs, with OKC battling out until the very end against Houston, the pure chaos in Game 7 between the Nuggets Jazz, both number one teams in L.A. and Milwaukee losing their first games in both rounds. The Heat cooking up, putting teams on platters, and hey, I drafted Antonio Brown in the 13th round, baby. Anything possible out here, dog. And not to mention, though, hiring of the future Hall of Famer Steve Nash in Brooklyn, but... Young Steve, your, your guy. My, my boy, that's my guy. Favorite player from, you know, growing up is for, I mean, the day I can remember, right? But hey, let's, hey, let's get right yeah, into he, it. He created you, bro. I know. We can't, we can't wait any longer here. Let's just get right into it. At the very beginning of last week, we got to see two Game 7s that were just, you know, any, I mean, any sports fan loves a Game 7. They just, that's what we, that's what we want. Game 7s. Hey, game 7, right? We like it. Right. So let's just, you know, go into the that most highly anticipated game seven between the Jazz and the Nuggets. You know, this game was good until that last shot, you know, the outcome, you know, not being decided until Jazz guard Mike Conley comes down last second. That bitch was almost down. I promise oh you. Oh, my gosh. In and out like like us and something else. Okay, right. here we go. It just it didn't go in. That gave the Nuggets the, the 80 to the 78 victory, and they got that trip to the next round. They sent those Jazz home packing. The Nat, the Nuggets became that 12th team in NBA history to uh, overcome a 3.1 deficit to actually win a series last to do it. None other than Mr. King, LeBron James, back in 2016 with those yep. Cavaliers, you know, coming back in the, in the finals. But then we also have to remember OKC when they did blow that three to one lead. I was about to say there's one other that people remember, and right? Yes, in that Western Conference Finals against the Warriors, and then KD of course made the the weakest move in my eyes by a superstar to to come, and he actually you know joined up with that team to come. He's slithering, coach. He's slithering. Yeah, watch out for those snakes out there. <laughs> Yo, snakes in the grass, brother. But the anticipation between the matchup of Jamal. Murray and Donovan Mitchell, they actually combined for a total of, let me tell you this, 475 points in this series. That is the yep. most combined points by opposing players in a series in the NBA history. Right. What else? What else? I was going to say, let me tell you now, I'm going to take yep. it like a man. You yep. were right. The Nuggets did beat the Jazz. Your prediction just, just, was just, right. Just one, just one more time, Hoop. Down 3-1, just one more time. I was wrong. Just for the people in the back. I was wrong. Okay, you were okay. right. You made the right prediction there. I'll give props to you on that. Hey, how, how about the TV ratings, too? Let's just talk about that real quick. The Skyrocket Game 7, everyone likes it. It hasn't been a great season for the NBA in terms of television ratings, but Game 7 between these two teams on ABC brought in 
3.4 million viewers, making it the most watched program on TV on Tuesday in every key adult and male demographic. Fucking nuts, dude. Overall, the ratings for the players have been down about 20% for last season, but Game 7s tend to draw the biggest audience, and, and this one likely even exceeded the league's expectations. After all, playoff games in August and September are a first for the NBA. Yes, we all know, and tele- television viewership is generally down in the 14 to 16% range in August. We did our research, okay? TV ratings are up. And then and you also have games playing in the middle of the day on TNT, ESPN, ABC. It's like, what? I just like, I'm like to my remote... NBA basketball is it on ESPN TNT they do all those contracts and stuff what I want to get into hoop is this Donovan Mitchell contract extension right probably the first thing they went to Don Mitch and said yo dude we need you all right they set to finalize a contract extension the new deal is reported to be a rookie max contract still on that rookie deal going into his fourth year next year which is 170 million over the course of the next five years Sounds like they want Mitchell to be their franchise player. Yes, no, $34 million a year. I don't know, 23 years old? Let me get it, coach. I, I think you start, started off great with he's only 23 years old. We got to yeah. put that in perspective. He made his first all-star appearance this year. He hasn't been you know, shown to be an injury-prone guy. Like He doesn't get yeah. hurt. He is still young. He made the all-rookie first team. Throw in some slam dunks in here and there. Let's throw the slammies. Right. And then his his numbers are good. They're they're 23 points a game, four rebounds, four assists in his career. So he's always put up consistent numbers, at least 20 points per game in every season that he's played in. You know, rebounds the same around that four four number mark. You gotta love to see if I'm the if I'm the if I'm the Jazz. I'm all yeah. over this guy. I'm paying him the 34 million. If he wants if he wants more money, I'm I'm giving him all the money I want. They I got to him. He can take. You, you got to put. You got to put complete trust and faith in this Don Mitch guy. He'll he'll do it for you. Okay. He put up fifty seven, which is the third most points ever scored in a playoff game. Six days later, he said, "Oh shit, I'll go another burger." Fifty one. Then he now becomes the third player to ever have two fifty plus point games in the same playoff series. Last two guys that did it, I don't know. I guess his name is Michael fucking Jordan and Allen Iverson. Hey, I was good, bro. I need the answer. Uh, and, you know, he's proved during the playoffs that he will be a superstar in this league for, yes, years to come. Yes, yes, yes. This is the right move for Utah. Not to mention, it's a little awkward and ironic because he was drafted in in, in Denver uh, 2017 first round, traded him for a guy named Trey Lyles. Who? Where is he? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, hey, Don Mitch. Well, yeah, we'll pay you, brother. It would, it would have been a crazy, uh, you know, event if if they had Jamal Murray, Don Mitch, oh. and Jokic. They would be probably one of the favorites in the in the West right now, even with the the two headed monster with LeBron and AD. But Easily. I do want to keep it in the game sevens. We will quickly run through this OKC in Houston. I got to shout out CP3 and OKC. I mean, nice. credit to the Thunder. I didn't think, I mean, at least for me, I don't know about you guys that are listening, but I don't think anybody saw this one coming from this young team, especially after that, you know, CP3, Russell Westbrook trade. I think CP3 pretty much alerted the the whole entire league that he is still, you know, a a top point guard in this league. To tell you the truth, though, I did want to see CP3 and the Thunder win this game. But I, I don't think you did. No, I did. But I want I wanted to see the Rockets and the in the Lakers series more. I don't wanted to see I don't want the Lakers to play the Thunder in this next series. Right. Because obviously I need my hot take of the year to you know to come true in this game. It's looking good, dude. We're watching Lakers Rockets right now. It looks like Lakers might tie the series one one. We're on sa- Sunday night here, but hey, you got the first game. The first game is like the biggest game when you're in the underdog. Right. And we I mean at least for OKC and the Thunder, we'll see. I mean, we we pretty much see firsthand that sometimes the game just doesn't, you know, bounce your way. The ball doesn't always, you know, do the right thing here and there. Harden jumps over the ball to avoid it going out on him in the late seconds of that game seven. You know, to give the Rockets that bid to the second round, I like it. I'm happy it happens. I'll I tell you what, I was not ready for a Dort game winner over Harden at all who that guy 30 plus like most in, in as a rookie in playoff series I, I bet all my money to on Rockets golly I almost cried myself to sleep 
Listen, sports are, this is the thing about sports. It's where miracles happen. This year in the NBA, shout out OKC, shout out CP3. They did the impossible. They made the playoffs fifth in the Western Conference right there. Before the season started, ESPN gave the Thunder a 0.2 chance to make the 2020 postseason. Gotta love it. Big question here is, uh, will, will Chris Paul stay in OKC? There's been numerous trade rumors uh, circulating regarding Chris Paul after being defeated by the Rockets. It's also because he himself, he posted this video. It almost made me cry. I, I was like, no, don't leave. Like, I'm not even a Thunder fan. I was like, no, Chris, don't do it to us. He's thanking the fans. You know, he's he's going to forever remember this season, kind of hinting that he kind of wants the hell out. Um, you know, he, he surely cherishes the bonds that he made with these younger guys. CP3 is always kind of being a, a leader outside being uh, that, you know, the president for the MBPA and kind of taking guys in their camps underneath. But uh, he's on this, you know, 41.4 million contract next season. I don't think anybody wants to take that up. It's unlikely that they'll trade him. Yeah, we'll have to see and wait on that one as well. I do think Chris Paul could fit into, a, you know, maybe like a Lakers, even, you know, some some other contenders up there. But like you said, that, that big old contract number is, is hard to take. It's tough. It is. It's tough. Let's just keep going around the NBA right now on the series and going on right now. We have eight teams left. We're going to start with these Bucks and these in the Heat. I mean, pretty much, I mean, hands down. Man. The Miami Heat has been dominating this series from game one. This by far is probably my most surprising series of them all. We see Giannis, he tweaks his ankle here in game three. Um, and then again, he has to sit out for game four, missing that second half. I mean this I mean the Bucks win this game, you know, they win this game four, you know, to get their first win in overtime 118 to 115. Milton, he's not gonna let the Bucks go home, at least not right now. He led the way with Giannis being out 36 points. They, they better win that game. Yeah. Golly. I mean 36 points, eight rebounds. I gotta say though, I'm gonna stop you because on that other side we got Jimmy motherfucking buckets bro he's buckets out what are you doing buck i know i mean he's just he from the jump he's been true on his word he said this is a business trip he refuses to have his family in the in the bubble and it's all i mean it's in full display that's how they got the game three win he outscores the entire bucks team by himself 17 to 13 in that fourth quarter to push them to that lead the only thing i have questions here is more questions we it's created more questions than answers on this Giannis says that he's just going to do whatever he's going to be told by his coaches. He's getting about 35 minutes a game. If it's me, I'm playing him 40, 42, 44. Yeah. He's the best player on the team. And yeah. I guess it's, I mean, for me, that hasn't been cutting it. Question here, if the Bucks lose this series or when the Bucks lose this series, <laughs> just this poor performance as a team in general, does this mean that Giannis is destined to leave Milwaukee? Because if he does leave, do you got a place in mind where he, where you see him going? Or what, what, tell me your thoughts here. It's a great question, Hoop. I love all of your questions. We all know that. First and foremost, I want to give my utmost respect for Jimmy Buckets not allowing the devil's shoulder to enter the bubble because we know Miami is a dangerous place when it comes to women. So no telling who he would even bring into the bubble. Does he have a girlfriend? I don't know. We're not TMZ sports. We're just man to man. We don't know what the hell is going on half the time. But I will say, smartest man in the bubble, saving up as much testosterone as possible. Plus, he's got Bam there to cuddle with. He's good, dude. Comparatively speaking, we all saw this unnecessary altitude displayed by Jamal Murray's Donkey Kong a few months ago. Hoop, you know what's, what I'm talking about. And what happened the night after his lady into the bubble right after they won that series? They got fucking cooked by 23 points against the Glitz. Come on. Then they won game two. He kind of settled down a little bit, kind of figured it out. Man. Uh, but now to answer your question about, you know, Bucks and Giannis, I'll talk about them all day. Uh, Bucks fans, they're, they're confident of him extending his time in Milwaukee. He, but I think he will take his talents elsewhere. He will be on this player option once the season is over. And it's set to, uh, they're set to give him like 27 mil and for that 2020-21 that season. Uh, before hitting unrestricted free agency with Giannis, but suffering a 4-2 series defeat last year against Toronto in the Eastern Conference Finals, now being down 3-1. He needs help. It can't just be Chris Middleton putting up 30 and Eric Bledsoe, 10, I don't know, a minute left in the game. ISO, ISO pulls up, does a little shimmy shake, air balls a three. We don't need that, can't Eric. That. Come on, can't brother. If you ask me, it was the second question, where do you think I would, where do you think it would go? Um... I know the Heat and the Celtics are, you know, they're heavy with having their eyes on them. 
But if he decides to go anywhere, it will be the Raptors. They are considered the front runners to land Giannis in 2021 in their playoff series right now against the Celtics. They are not playing great basketball. Without Kawhi Leonard, the Raptors' offensive struggles become more apparent. Lack of ball movement or superstar X-factor makes it easy for teams to target Pascal Siakam and their defensive plans. While their game in transition is one of the best in the NBA, it is not simply enough to get past the Celtics team, who is also without Gordon Hayward, um, I will mention. And the Greek freak would bring that Leonard X-factor, but most importantly, they can afford him, which makes Toronto this next team to sign Giannis Antetokounmpo. See, I'll stop you there, and I'll give you this. I think for Giannis to be the player that he is, he's going to re-sign with the Milwaukee Bucks. He's not going to be he, – he just has this aurora around him and this feeling around him that he wants to do it for himself. He's not going to go out there and ring chase. He's not going to do any of this. He is going to to want to be – with the Milwaukee Bucks and at least get them to the finals one time before he might, you know, want to change teams and whatnot. So for me, I think I, if he leaves, I like your your decision in the uh, in the Raptors, and I think they possibly could get him, maybe the Knicks. But for me, I think after seeing this, after him getting hurt, I don't we don't know about game uh, game five and if or yeah game five if he's going to come back or not. But I think he's going to stay. I think he's going to stay for at least. Two to three more years. So kind of do what a Dame does. Yeah, kind of just I feel, stay there. I feel Dame, then, that's the type of player I feel from him. He doesn't want to leave the city that he's in. So right. I like it. Next next uh, big series we got is the Nuggets and the Clippers. So far, this series for me looks pretty tight. We see a blowout yeah. by the Clippers in game one, 120-97. Kawhi just being the efficiency player that he is, 12 of 16 shooting, 29 points. You know, Nuggets came out after game one. Jamal, Jamal Murray said, you know, we're just tired. We played a, a seven-game series against the Jazz. Because then in game two, they came out and pretty much blew them out with an impressive win. They never trailed after the first quarter. The score yeah. did end up 110-101, but it was not as close as that, you know, may look. This is a series that we do and we will keep our eye on because the Nuggets, they've proven that they can beat. The Clippers, even though they had an excellent performance in this game one, I think I still have the Clippers winning this series. But let me let me you know pick your brain about this. If Kawhi Leonard, because I always we all talk about every you know sports people talk about who's the greatest of all time. If he, oh my god, I'm I'm gonna bring it up. I know it's a it's a touchy subject, but I gotta be that guy. If Kawhi wins back to back you know championships on two different teams, there has to be a goat conversation, right? There has to be. Uh, no? Uh, this is a question that was previously brought up. Uh, someone else asked me this, and I'm leaning more on the no side of things. Yes, I understand. If he wins another title, he should be in the conversation. If he wins three championships, three MVPs, put him in. Coach, do not put him in. I don't think he's in the GOAT conversation at all. Leonard will never have a place in this conversation that's not a knock on against his skills as a player or anything like that or number of rings on his finger, but Leonard's career path and current trajectory uh, won't allow for him to really earn a spot in any arguments about LeBron James versus Michael Jordan or whoever you believe is the best to lace him up, Kobe Bryant. One of the more important aspects of being the greatest player of all time is being universally recognized as the best player in the league at any given moment for a number of years, excluding his brief baseball foray. Jordan held that title for a decade. You can count on one hand how many seasons LeBron was not firmly considered the best player in all the lands between 2006 and 2020. And Leonard will never get close to that title now because in order to be considered the best player in the league, that player needs to be on the court more often than not. Leonard's That's load true. management is the best thing for him and his long-term health. Don't get me wrong, but guys who miss 20 games a season on average will never be a part of his MVP discussion and regular season MVPs are rather more important when it's discussing who the best players are. Obviously, the conversation will change if Leonard wins something like three more NBA championships and is the clear reason why. His 2019 Finals MVP award certainly counts for a lot, but his 2014 Finals MVP isn't the same thing. He wasn't the best player on the court in that series. He was just the most important. It was well-deserved, but in the larger discussion, 
It isn't the same as Jordan's first finals MVP in 1991, if you want to talk about that. And if Leonard is ever really in the GOAT discussion at all, it'll be because he won more than anyone else. In that case, it's justifiable. But until then, he's got a lot more rings to go. It's an impossible case to make in my eyes. I think you brought up a couple of points, but I want to say I got a, I got a, I got this idea from somebody right now. Is it because Kawhi Leonard is just too of a quiet of a person? Because for him to be, you know, this face of a league, he is a very quiet person. He's not outspoken. He's a very quiet person. And if you ask any NBA fan that, or any any of a person that's not an NBA fan of who is the face of the league? Name me an NBA player. Right. First is probably LeBron James, maybe like a Kobe Bryant or like somebody that Kevin played Durant. Kevin Durant, somebody like that. I feel like Kawhi Leonard is down that list a lot because he is. I'm such- with that. I'm with that. You have to kind of have that dog mentality, that arf. Like I almost think of like Russ being, I don't know. Like you just have to have that mentality of like, if you want to be the goat, that's fine. You can, you can do it with your gameplay and not say anything. But you also had to like speak out. You're in you're you're in that spotlight for a reason. LeBron utilizes it maybe more than others would like him to. But Kawhi, you got to speak out and you kind of got got to back yourself up almost, not just with the game, but with your with your talk. Right, and I think that's right. I think you mentioned you know being on the court. You can't be considered as MVP if you're not playing games. I think that is a really great point. The only big thing is if he gets you know five, six, seven rings. You have to. You, then we're talking. To, yeah. Then you have to start talking about it. But until then, like you said, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, keep it moving on oh my guy. He's yeah, not yeah. The keep, goat it, yeah keep it moving. All right, that's a good question though. I like that question. I like how you brought that up. Yeah. All right. What we got? What we got next? Next one, we got the Raptors and the Celtics. Probably my favorite series that I've been watching right now. Celtics jump out to a quick 2-0 lead. You know, Woo! before that miracle on the court, OG and Anobi pretty much saved yeah. their season with that three pointer. With you know 0.5 seconds, everybody that watches basketball has seen that, heard that, know what I'm talking about. And yeah. the and the Raptors pretty much won those last two games, tying the series at two to two. I think they look now like that team to beat here. And let's not forget one thing. No, let's not forget one thing. These guys are the reigning champions. They have been yeah. there. They have done that. Yes, they're without Kawhi Leonard. I understand that. But yeah. the Celtics offense, these last two games, they look. A little sluggish. They they're kind of yeah. out of sorts. They don't know who is what, what they're doing, how they're doing it. We talked about that. Yes. They get confused. They do get confused. We you mentioned it earlier. Gordon Hayward is not, not going to be playing anytime soon. He is back in the bubble after that grade three ankle sprain. Do the Celtics need Gordon Hayward to get past these Raptors? I think because I see they need they need to change something at least from these last two games. What? To win the series, what what is this change you think is is needed? Is there a change? Good question. I, I yeah, I think they need everything they can get right now. Without Hayward on the court, you got Marcus Smarty's taking on an expanded offensive role. Brad Wanamaker has provided some playmaking. Uh, Simi uh, Holy, the that guy. Ojale. What's that? Simi Simi Holje is getting more runs. Don't know who that guy was before this series. Even Grant Williams. Shout out, you know, G Dubs getting thrown into the mix. Here, I'll say this. If they are going to regain control of this series and advance to the Eastern Conference Finals for the third time in the last four seasons, I got two things that the Celtics need to do. Slow down Lowry. The last two games, there has been no better player in the Boston, in this Boston Toronto series than Kyle Lowry in that Spanish average. 26 and a half points on 18 for 39 shooting to go with seven and a half assists and eight and a half rebounds per game. Jason Tatum's defense rather than his offense will be the key for them winning the series. Jason Tatum, you got to step it up, dude. And Boston's two wins in games one and two, Tatum was this primary defender on Lowry who missed six of his eight shot attempts in that span with Tatum guarding him. But in the last two games, Lowry has been a mainstay at the free throw line while also making three of his five shot attempts with Tatum defending. Step up the defense. Second thing, Kimball Walker, you got to get more shots. Of all the inexplicable results in Boston's Game 4 loss, few were as big of a head-scratcher as Kimba Walker only taking nine shots from the field. He's one of the one of the NBA's better scorers since coming into the NBA since in 2001. Uh, you know, Walker had 15 points on four of nine shooting. For Walker to take so few of shots is a sight, is a sight seldom seen from the veteran all-star. 
Look for the Celtics to try and create more action involving Walker getting into the rim, trying to draw fouls uh, from Marcus or uh, Marcus Saul. You know, score more or find teammates in the corner. I think you brought up. I, I like that. I do like the Kimball Walker thing, but I want to start with that because the Celtics, you know, core players like Jason Tatum, um, Jalen Brown. I would even throw in right now like a Marcus Smart. They have all these pieces, right? And with all these pieces, we've said it now again, and I'll repeat it. They do, down the stretch of a game, don't know who the guy is to make these shots down the stretch. If if, if Jason Tatum's going to be that guy, let him be that guy. But you brought it up, Kimball Walker. For me, he has the most experience. He's I want him to look like he did in Charlotte. When he was with the Hornets, he was you know that guy down the stretch. I'm going to cross you up, step back, pull back, hit a three yeah. in your face, and then talk to you about it. That is yeah. what they need from... Walker, I know he's been hurt. He's you know trying to get back in the flow of things, but this is not the time to complain about injuries or this or that. Get him back in the game. Get him to be that guy to take them down the stretch. If if you if you get him going early in the game, he feels more confident to take over that late game. And then if he's not making a shot late game in the last two minutes or something, you have Jason Tatum, you have Jalen Brown that can be able to do what. You, Maybe he's not been able to do. And, and we, right we've seen that from Kimba in game one when he had that big step back over uh, Daniel Tice. And he also did say after the game, I know I had to be more aggressive. I, dude, you, you don't really have much more mistakes to make. You, you got to do it right now. You got to go in serious, game mode because right now. You said it because right now I think the Raptors are the team to beat. They I mean, No room for mistakes right now. You got you to gotta make sure. You got to make sure to take care of business right now because next year – you don't know what's going to happen in the East. so Not at all. Great, great series to watch. 2-2. Two, two. Let's get it. Let's go on to the Lakers and the Rockets. We see that the Rockets do get past the Thunder in that Game 7. I think they're pretty much on a hot streak. They're on a roll. James Harden, pretty slow offensively in that Game 7 against OKC. And it was only you know pretty much certain that we would see him come out against the Lakers and deliver that punch that he, he's known to do. And that's exactly what he did do. He got, you know, got the game one win, 112-97. Rockets, first time in these playoffs, get 20 points from three different players. That's Russell, Eric Gordon, Harden. That is what they're going to need. Totally different game from Russ. Yes, and that's what we're, that's what they're going to need to continue this series and make it as, you know, to the or to the next round. The biggest question is that one of the biggest questions I see is: is too much rest like a bad thing? Is that is that an advantage or not? Because how much rest do you actually need? Because the Lakers, they had five game or five days from game to game in these two uh, series, and it was evident that they had some rust. LeBron right. alluded that to it to turnovers in the press conference afterwards. Seventeen turnovers, twenty or twenty-seven points for the the Rockets is just far too many. PJ Tucker, Eric Gordon, deed up LeBron. They deed up AD. I mean, we all know. I do have the Rockets making it to the final finals, and after that game one, I think it's definitely possible if they can string again two to three games in a row, they can yep. make that happen. Only thing is, these Lakers save my hot take of the year goes through, and the Rockets beat the Lakers. Mm-hmm. They the Lakers lose this series. What's next? Should they rebuild? Do they trade people? Maybe like a KCP, or is Danny Green in the picture? Is he getting traded? Tell me, what, what's the move here? What's the move if the Lakers don't get it, get it this year? I think, if anything, I'm thinking the Lakers trade Rajon Rondo for someone like a Goran Dragic because the Los Angeles Lakers, like every other team in the NBA, are granted this one mid-level exception contract to give out and potentially go over their salary cap within their offseason. The projected value of this mid-level contract this season is for four years for $41.9 million. Signing someone of Drogic's caliber also opens up the door for the Lakers to do other things as well. This is where KCP, Danny Green come in the picture. That would make it much easier to part ways with Green and KCP, potentially using their contracts and an asset, maybe like Kyle Kuzma, to acquire better talent. Um, that being said, considering both KCP and, and Danny Green signed two-year contracts, it makes it fairly easy for the Lakers to maneuver those two guys around their contracts. To answer your question, though, if they do reach the finals, 
I think they'll keep Danny Green and KCP for next year. I think I think KCP is a great fit. He's done a good job uh, in in the uh, uh, absence of Avery Bradley. Danny Green, he's kind of been weirding me out a little bit, but he's only on another year contract. If they lose this series, yes, I think one of those two guys, two guys will go. If not, I think Rajon Rondo's out the door. I think you uh, that's the you, you nailed it for me. I, I think it's all centered around Rajon Rondo. We see him come back into the bubble late. The Lakers are dead set that he's going to help them in some way. For me, it just creates more chemistry problems for a team that is already kind of on a roll to an extent of knowing their rotations, who's playing when, who's playing that. And it is always hard to put, just stick a guy into a rotation and expect that he's just going to be there and do the same things that he always has done. If they can get past this, yes, maybe eventually they will see the Rajon Rondo that they want to see. I mean, how much is it actually worth if you came and make it through that series because this chemistry is such, you know, flip-floppy for them? I think you're right on the Rajon Rondo for sure. KCP is probably my next guy that I would get rid of. I like Danny. You get, you get rid of KCP for Danny Green? I like Danny Green. He's a shooter. You always need a shooter that plays defense, and he's he's shown that he can do that. And he has the championship experience. You know, last year I guess they the get, they they did get true true they did get um they they got rid of KCP before this year didn't they like last year he was on like a vet contract and then they were like okay we're bringing all these players back Danny Green and then they added KCP again for another two year contract right they probably just I mean they needed they needed to work out the contracts and the money so everybody could come in but let's just keep it right moving right now okay that's a great right. transition into oh. Mr. Man the Man Worthy. Oh, Man the Man Worthy, keep it moving. Let's get it. First on the docket today, we got yep. none other. We mentioned it. I mentioned it. I gotta I gotta ask you first, because this is one of the, the big surrounding topics of the NBA this week. Mr. Steve Nash hired as Brooklyn's Nets head coach. The Nets made this, you know, pretty much stunning move Thursday to fill their coaching vacancy with Mr. Steve Nash. Is this worthy or are we keeping moving? You better uh, say worthy. Hello, you better dude. say hit, worthy, motherfucker. You better hey, say hey, worthy. Hey, hit the brakes. <laughs> hit, the, hit the brakes on this one for sure. Shocking as it seemed at first glance, the Brooklyn Nets' decision to hire Steve Nash as head coach is a difficult one to criticize. To the extent anyone is equipped to coach an NBA team without any experience on the bench, why not one of the smartest point guards in history who comes into the job with this admiration and respect for star players? I know this hire caused some questions and controversy around the media, but I love it, and here's why. He worked closely with Kevin Durant at Golden State. With Steve Nash's basketball IQ, he really knows what it takes for players to go to that next level, right? He's worked under Sean Marks at the Suns, and he's definitely he definitely brings attributes and traits that I think are unique to this certain situation. The X's and O's are beyond question. He's one of the best basketball minds that's ever played the game, and what separates him and a lot of other great players is that is that he's got a great way of verbalizing and making things simple for others to be able to see and learn from. And this is what separates him from all the other coaching candidates. Steve Nash is just a different type of dude. He's got interests. <laughs> he's got dude. He's a different type of dude. He's got interests outside of basketball. He does. That's not his whole life. He's not confined in a box. And when we talk about Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, two superstars who pride themselves in being different and unique from everyone else who fashion themselves outside of basketball, that is why Steve Nash is the right hire for this job. You can question the X and O's all that you want, but the ability to connect with someone who's just very different from the standard or average or superstar NBA player, that's the part that's going to make the difference. I, I'm a, I'm gonna question it at first, just because I want to do, you know, you gotta you gotta address that elephant of him having no coaching experience whatsoever in you know the NBA, and yes, that is what kind of created the conf uh, controversy in the first place. With you know maybe we should look at you know hiring an African American you know coach like Nate McMillan, maybe Tyloo that has coaching experience. If you look at it, he has connections with KD. Kyrie definitely had to sign off on this if if they were going to do it. So he's he's with it. He's down for it. So for me, it, it, as a new coach and wanting to jump in the mix, 
If Steve Nash wants to do this, I'm 100% behind him on this yeah. because none other than the Brooklyn Nets, who are going to be pretty much a front runner next year in the championships talks, why not get your, your career started with a team that can do that behind Kevin Durant, Kyrie? I like right, the decision. Right. I just hope it works out. And I, we, we, there's not much else to say on that one besides let's see what you can do, young Nash. Let's see yeah, what you can do, go, bro. Baby. It's they're gonna be cold, bro. They're gonna be cold as fuck next year. Yeah. All right. Next up, we got Mr. Six Man of the uh, of the Year Award, none yeah. other than Mr. Montrez Harold. Montrez. Clippers big man Montrez Harold named NBA Six Man of the Year for the 2019-20 season. Is this worthy for you, or are we keeping it moving? Here? I'm about to go nuts with this one, Hoop. I love it. It's worthy. This award is the most difficult to receive since there are so many candidates in this discussion. So the NBA like has to back up their reason as to why the winner of this award really deserves it. If, <laughs> if at all, like they have to prove that their hard work that hard work has been proven. And usually this award is given to the player who adds the spark to the starting five. <laughs> to the starting five and i also just realized oh my god it's so funny why lou williams has won it multiple times in previous years nba's (laughs) you good over there what's so (laughs) funny you got someone someone on the on the on the the word to say what's going on yo yo nba scouts over the years have secretly visited i'm about to put lou on blast magic city in atlanta to see if williams was true to his squad giving starting five starting five leticia at point shaniqua and monique on the wings jasmine holding it down in the post and hard worker tinquasia really giving them a boost in equity and revenue and to his defense he carried the whole team to victory right as for montrez harrell he's another guy who's <laughs> he's another guy who's been on the bird's eye view for quite some time now right management and owners from various Tiffany and companies all around Los Angeles have given Harold the green light to receive the award due to his resiliency efforts and generous wages. Harold has donated to the company. I will say, I will say Tiffany and co you got to fit. You got to readjust this guy's grills. Uh, nonetheless, incredible effort from both of these players on and off the court. Same team visiting magic city. I got to step up my game hoop. Um, but listen, Listen, in all seriousness, Montrez Harrell's a dog. 63 games, averaged about 19.7 rebounds, two assists, two blocks, 27 minutes. Gotta love it for the big dogs. Didn't really understand why the Clippers had two different guys on the team, but I guess they're just that good. Don't know about Schroeder. He's kind of weird me out over there. I mean, I like it. He's not, Schroeder, Schroeder's not at the gentleman's. You know what I'm saying? Probably not. Probably not. Harold, I like that, you know, Lou Williams, pretty much they had a whole little nice little meeting going on and Lou Williams reigning six man of the year walks out with the six man trophy and was like, yo, Harold, it's all yours. Only thing for Harold, let's work on your, 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 your social ability and talking in front of a camera. It was a little, you know, lopsided little, it was hard to yeah. understand at times, but all, all good things for Harold for sure. You would tell with that grill in his mouth, bro. He had so much slobber and saliva in his mouth. He wanted to swallow so bad. I, I was like, oh man. But Hook my guy he'll up. work icing. on it. Now he has some some hardware under his, you know, his company. Now he'll Yeah, yeah, he'll yeah. Step it they'll up. they'll hook him up. He signed another contract. Yeah. Next up, we got Mr. Reggie 45. Instead of Coke Ooh! 45, we got Reggie 45. Reggie yes, Miller says he could average 45 points per game in the NBA today because of how soft these refs calls are against the shooter. Tell me, is this worthy? Are we keeping it moving? Love Reg. Don't get me wrong. I love Reggie Miller, okay? But don't know about this one. If Reggie can average 45, then I can get a girl to talk to me. It ain't happening. We're keeping it moving. Well, that definitely uh, ain't happening with your musty, crusty uh, Pinocchio, oh. Simple Jack. Oh, Come what? on now. <laughs> Come on, you Damn. crusty, musty motherfucker. <laughs> Come on. Ruin my self-esteem, you <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> but we'll keep it right moving for you, for sure. Mr. Right. Mike Malone head coach for the Denver Nuggets. He pretty much went after the NBA on Friday, calling out its policy of not allowing coaches to bring uh, their family members into the bubble. Pretty much called it a criminal uh, criminal in nature, kind of like, what the fuck's <laughs> yeah. going on? Give me my family. The players get families. What are we talking here? Is this... Uh- is worthy or keep it moving? I say it's worthy. Let's talk about it real quick. Okay. Give the reps and coaches their families back. If players are allowed to bring up the four guests, why can't coaches and referees bring at least one? We talked about Danny Green and the dogs last week. I don't think they I don't think they signed off on that either, Hoop. 
But uh, a spokesman for the NBA responded in a statement saying no other team or league staff, including coaches and referees, has guests on campus. We are hoping to add additional family members for other participants beginning with the conference finals. We are mindful of the incredible hardship these restrictions impose and wish it were not necessary for the health and safety of everyone involved. Prior to the Nuggets heading into the bubble, though, Malone has mentioned his frustration with not allowing families uh, for coaches, saying he hoped that the league would adjust the protocol. And if the Nuggets made it to the NBA Finals, it would be more than 90 days without seeing family for coaches. So the Coaches Association has talked to the league and they said they haven't completely shut down the idea. Um, it's not easy decisions that the league has to make right here, but you also have to consider the human side of everything. And it's just something to consider. I will say who, as long as coach puts me in the game, I'm in agreement with, I'm in agreement with Mike Malone, baby. I'll say I agree to you, but I agree for a different reason. The referees. You don't want to get in the game? No, the referees. They, oh, the referees. Okay. The referees have been so, so whistle heavy and tight. If they're that, you know, if they need to get their testosterone out, you know, get a little action and bring their families in, I'm all for it because the referees have been pretty much awful. I mean, they got to loose it up. They got to loosen it up. Let them play. This is playoff basketball. I want to see the rough, you know, gritty. I'm going to give you a shoulder and it's not going to be called. So for me, referees, if you're really that desperate and that, you know, need the loving that much. I'm, yeah. I'm all about it. Get both the referees and the coaches their 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 loved Yeah, ones. just just give them back, dude. Come on, quit playing. Next up, we got Mr. Pat Riley. Pat Riley has uh, been with the Miami Heat now for 25 years. It is the 25 year anniversary for him. Is this uh, worthy or we keep him moving? It? If it ain't if it ain't your 25th anniversary <laughs> buying our merch, my brother, keep it moving. All right, we'll keep it moving for you. Last good episode. dude though. I I like Pat. He's a good dude, but you know, maybe we'll send him some merch. Yeah, maybe we first twenty fifth. Maybe we should. Okay. Uh, next up, last up, of course, on the docket, we got the NBA two K twenty one. Let me just stop here and take a breath because yeah, it's been all I've heard. All I've heard was Twitter is just blowing up about it's it, the shot meter is hard. The players don't look as real as they should. It's hard to level up your guy. Um, you're not getting badges. It's just been pretty much everything's been down. And then we see Kyle Lowry. He he's out here cursing out Ronnie 2K after yeah. uh, after their game in the press conference. Yeah. Are we worthy or are we keeping it moving here? Yeah, those guys care about the ratings too. It doesn't seem like 2K21 has improved. Listen, uh, like I said in last week's show, I, I fucking broke my Xbox due to losing in the Gulag. I absolutely cooked. Uh, so I've only been watching Twitch streaming, but all I've heard is this shooting, shooting, shooting is more difficult than me aiming my urine in the toilet after t- the night of tequila shots. Listen, of course, there's an argument to be made that not everyone has earned their badges yet or whatever. So naturally, the gameplay is going to be more difficult than NBA 2K20 right now, where players would have significantly leveled up their builds by the end of the year, right? So others feel that the increased skill gap, I guess, is going to lead to more competitive matches moving forward. So it'll be interesting to see whether 2K Sports is tempted to balance things out or not or just keep everything the same. I don't know. I mean, knowing you and me, we're rusty. We do have some uh, some dust to shake off our shoulders before we get back into the 2K world. But hearing how, you know, it's going right now. It almost uh, intimidates me to an extent, because yeah. like I said, I'll probably you know get that that hardcore hardcover of Kobe, but I don't know if I want to play if it's going to be in, impossible to level yeah, yeah, up. Get me back, dude. I I try to. I mean, I was playing a little bit this summer. I tried to go to the park, and I'm on like an 86. All the other guys are like 99, doing fucking tri- tricks and flips in the air, and guys are like taunting me. I don't even know these guys, but they they have like the emojis or whatever, like waving at me or like, oh, get the hell out. And I, I quit the game. <laughs> I was like, why, why would I go in the park? I was asking my friends. I was like, why why won't anybody play with me in the park? I'll get next next to some dudes that are like 98. With afros, bro. And they're like, they just leave. It's like 30 minutes of me trying to find a game. So I, I quit 2K. I love watching the Twitch streams and all that. But no, I'm on the sidelines just like you, Gordon Hayward. Well, with that, that will do it for Man to Man Worthy or keep it moving. Thank you guys for sticking with us. You are listening to Man to Man, the very best NBA show out there, where we bring you the latest news and topics around the NBA. Our second half of this episode is brought to you by StatiCapper.com. 
StatiCapper is here to help simplify your quantitative analysis in the gambling world. StatiCapper can be for a whole range of people, whether you are new to betting and trying to learn what a good bet is, or you've been in the game a while. Twesington and myself use this every day to see where we can get an edge on all of our bets. Go check out StatiCapper.com and help build a community of people who enjoy sports betting and provide useful insights to help our community win. I'm going to start it here in our next bets of the week. Your bets of the week, you you are on a cold street. You are having some struggles on this. Tell me what is going on. All right, so let me break it down to you. At the beginning of the week, I had Jimmy Butler over a half. Uh, he needed to make one fucking three in game one against the Bucks. I put 10, lost 15. Then it, I guess he doesn't shoot threes. And then next game, I had Houston money line game seven against OKC. But all I hammered it. I hammered it to you. 81 to win 118. James Harden 7 and 0 and leading 2 and 0 in the series. Let's go, baby. Was not going to take OKC that game. I had a parlay in the Bucks Lakers. Bucks Lakers. It looks good on paper. Both teams lost. I lost $50. Then had PJ Tucker over six and a half points. My guy had six points in the first quarter, had zero the rest of the game, lost 60 bucks. <laughs> then Clippers Nuggets last night, Saturday night, uh, the Nuggets are getting like 80 points. The score's like 80 to 60 something at half. Overs 238. Fuck it. Let me throw 20 on it to win 38, lost 38. They scored like 40 points combined in the second half. Then I was in a plus 400. I was feeling good. Start of the third quarter, Clippers Nugs hammered it, 20 to win 100. They came back, they got it within five, and then they got fucking cooked and lost by like nine or 10. But like even before that, they were getting cooked by like 15. It was tragic. Lost like 150 bucks this week. Yeah. I was going to say, you, you're down money this week. It's, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. For sure, tough. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the biggest one I saw there was, it was the PJ Tucker one. PJ Tucker, six points. After the first quarter, you can't get one bucket. You can't even make I a was, I was in. I was just staring at the screen. He just goes on in the offensive end. He literally just goes to a corner or the other corner, plants his feet. When he sets a pick on ball, he doesn't roll because AD's there. He'll just like try to he'll, he'll just get confused and try to go screen for somebody else. It's insane. So I'm chilling on that. Well, for me, I had I had you know the the night of uh, Friday night Heat's Bucks Rockets Lakers put three parlays down. He, I had first one Bucks Rockets Lakers Heat. Those both didn't go through. Um, they were both positive. They were three uh, plus three sixty nine plus two eighty four. Put a hundred bucks on each of those. Lost that. The last parlay I did put in though was the one that hit, and it was the least likely to happen. The Heat and the Rockets both winning plus seven ninety six. It Woo! hit. I won that one. But then the Nuggets in the Clippers' first game, I put my money on the, the Nuggets. I think they were like plus 114 or something. And obviously, we lost. I lost that one. But for this week, for me, I'm plus. I'm almost plus 500. Yeah, I made, I, I'm salty as hell right I, now because you didn't even some, tell me about any of those. Say, I placed some, butts, uh, some bets uh, kind of under the radar this week. Didn't tell many people about it, especially not you, but I'm – I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, it's like you're trying to like go against me or something. <laughs> let me know next time you do that, dude. Or at least let me know when you win one like that. That's absurd. I know. I, I, I just, I, I, a lot going on right now. Just, you know, it's. You just needed it to, to stay healthy and alive. I understand. Right, right. But let's go into the game of the week and player of the week real quick before we get out of here. I guess our first, I mean, we'll go game of the week. First game of the week for our game of the week has to be the OG Ananobi, you know, hits that, that game winner for the Raptors to give them that boost um, to tie up the series. We got some music. We got some. That's, that's, that's what the ball was like in the air. If you <laughs> slow-mo, just a Titanic playing in the background. I love Anyways. It. Yeah. I love it. With 0.5 seconds. My biggest takeaway from this, though, is the shot was great. He did have a, a, a lot of room to get that off. But the biggest thing is is Lowry. He had to make a, a pass over none other yeah. than 7-6 tackle. Yeah, tackle, tackle. I mean that's a that's a that's a tough you know play and it, it's <laughs> they ain't putting them they're not putting them in the game anymore <laughs> no sir but it is I mean it was a great game I mean obviously if you're a basketball fan you watch this one or you saw the highlights 
this was it's, it's a series changing game here to give the, the all the momentum back to the Raptors. So yeah, I mean, it has to be our game of the week, no doubt. No, yes, doubt. sir. No doubt. Yeah, I love it. Love it. Great series. They just won it. I, I got Raptors winning it. You do? I think I'm. Yeah. It, we'll see how this game uh, game five goes, but I I think I'm with you. If if they can get game five, they'll definitely. I think they have the the momentum for sure. Uh, I guess last up. <laughs> Player of the yeah. week. Player of the week. Who's going to be Jimmy Buckets? Tell no other than it. Jimmy Buckets. All right, I got you. Stats from the series against the Bucks. 40 game one. Came out, said, I'm not, I love the Heat, man. I used to hate them when the Pacers were playing them, but they are like the Pacers where Jimmy even came out. He said, we don't get national exposure. We're the Heat. I believe we can, we can win the finals. I don't care what anybody says, right? 40 in game one, 13 game two, 30 in game two, 30 in game three. 17 in game four. He mentioned how he outscored the, the Bucks in that four, fourth quarter. Um, in every aspect, they the Heat need Jimmy Butler, defense, rebounding, hustle plays, et cetera, et cetera. My biggest surprise here is just obviously the Heat coming out and, and being this confident against the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, we talked about advantages and disadvantages with the Heat having, or with the, the Lakers having five games off. Uh, the Houston coming back, kind of being on that roll, worked for them, didn't quite work for the Nuggets. Um, you know, the, they, the, the Clippers got rest there, worked out for the Heat, right? They were still on that roll. Bucks ended up that, that first round series 4-1. Love the Heat, baby. They're, they're cooking right now. They're going to win that series. Definitely going to win it. I like, I like this pick for Jimmy Butler, player of the week. And he is the biggest surprise in me. For me, no cost. Like this guy had a had a goal going in. We see him, you know, take further steps. Like we said, like I mentioned earlier, no no family in the bubble. This is a business trip for me. And it's good to say those things. But if you can produce like he's been producing and putting in, you know, the work that it takes and and leading your team to beat the number one team in the East, let's yeah. do it. I'm all I'm behind it. I just, I just hope they, they can get you know some more momentum for that next round because they will need it. I mean, yep. regardless of who they face, Celtics or Raptors, they've both been there, both done that. So, yeah, I like we'll it. see how that plays out. I like it. Young guys for the Heat too, man. Keep it going, Tyre Hero. Praise to you, bro. You out here, man, hooping, stud, man. dude. He's he's acting like he's looking like a vet out there, bro. Young yeah. stud, twenty years old. Love to see that for sure, for sure. But. I guess with that, a full-packed episode, but I think it's yeah. a wrap, bro. It's a yeah, wrap. we got to squeeze this one out. We got to squeeze the outro out real quick. We'll squeeze it out. Um, thank you guys for uh, tuning in and hanging out with us on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net. We are man-to-man, the very best NBA show out there. Again, if you haven't yet, go get your merch. Check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We will keep you updated daily on our social media at Man to Man Podcast on Instagram and MTM NBA Show on Twitter. Go follow, like, share with your friends and family if you haven't already. But with that, we will catch you next week, guys. Namaste to you. Namaste. Namaste. Hey, share with your moms, baby. Pacing Nation, baby. <laughs>